Say now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios, myself, Spencer Shea. Yep. And none other than Mr. D-Boy LTD himself. (laughs) Writing time for football and basketball. Absolutely. We got the trio in the building today. Before we dig into some content, let's start off with win shares. Starting with me, a long slate of DJing this weekend. Starting Friday night, I will be at Lulu Bar, 10 p.m. until late. Big R&B vibes. I'm glad and excited about this one. I was not at Lulu last Friday. I had a lot of people uh, that reached out and inquired about that, but everything is all good and all lovely. I did end up just going and spinning at Export last Friday and Saturday night for that matter. But uh, back at Lulu this Friday, big R&B vibes. Pull up. It'll be a good time. Saturday, we got a double header starting at... Uh, Toast to Summer rooftop party that'll be taking place, a day party at Keene. For those of you that are here in Portland, it's right next to River Pig. Keene, the shoe store. I know that sounds like a bit of an awkward place to have a day party at, but let me tell you, they got a rooftop that they just recently renovated. D-Boy, you've gotten to see it, and it is Beautiful. It's not your average shoe store. It is beautiful. It's an indoor and outdoor section of it. I know it'll be hot. It'll be in the early 90s that day. So it's going to be a hot day for a day party for sure. But there is an indoor section that will allow you to be able to stay in, keep cool. And obviously, as the night progresses and hopefully things start to cool down a little bit, you can certainly enjoy the skyline and the rooftop vibes that it has to offer. It'll be a few other DJs there. So excited for us to rock out all day. I mean, I I won't be on all day. None of us, obviously, will be on all day. But throughout the day, we'll all get our opportunity to rock out. So certainly excited about that. And then we're back at Bible Club. Oh, excuse me. Export Saturday night. Doubleheader. I'll be at Export Saturday night, 9 p.m. to midnight. So going straight from one rooftop to another as we continue to keep the vibes rolling there. And then rolling into Sunday, we will be at Bible Club from 3 p.m. until late. Late over there usually means about 10 o'clock. Um, we've got the low-key golf party happening there once again. Shout out to the homie Chris and the low-key golf crew. We'll be celebrating the birthday of this man right here to my left, D-Boy, who just celebrated a birthday yes, he two did. days ago now, huh? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Leo gang. Now it's Virgo <clears throat> City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so happy birthday to you. And if y'all want to come out and celebrate this fella, um, you know, we'll be having a great time over at Bible Club in Selwood. Great music, great vibes, great outdoor patio, great eats, great drinks. Whatever you need, it will be supplied there. All you got to do is show up. And so uh, y'all got any win shares for me? Big show on the 31st. Ooh-wee. Talk about we got it. Simba coming to town. We got Tope coming to town, which is a Portland native but lives in Oakland now and a producer of La Russell. So he'll be on the card. We got Tope and Vari from here in Portland on the card um, Thursday the 31st celebrating the Scenic Route EP release party. So make sure y'all come out to that. Tickets still available for Dub um, 25 at the door. So save your money and get there. Um, it's going to be a show for sure. Star Theater. And um, we got a meet and eat before that with Trap Kitchen right across the street at the Roseland Theater one hour before the show. So come okay. chop it up, kick it with me and Sim, eat good, feel good. Catch a vibe, get pictures, get video, get content, 
and then rock out with us at the show. So we got a cool little situation for the 31st. Pop out. That's tight. I didn't know you were going to do the meet and greet. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. For track, and I'll be DJing yeah. for that event as well. So pull up. I'll be on the ones and twos See, the way that it's to support always, the way these that fellas. It, 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 that it was going to go inevitably, man, is you DJing, you rap. I mean, look at this. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Together, Coming man. full circle. For man. sure. I can't wait to be there, man. <laughs> for that's sure. Be for so sure. Fun. So that's the 31st. Like I said, get your tickets. Link in my bio. D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y. And uh, start theater. Go to their website. You could get them there too. For sure. You got any win shares? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I got a new job. Another new job. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where. I mean, <laughs> on air. But yeah, it's good. Well, congratulations. Man. It's, congratulations. It's, it's man, good. I'm just collecting, yeah. just collecting jobs, man. Yeah, man. I'm just collecting money. That's yeah, all I that's do, it. bro. Good. That's actually, you know what? Be. I'm actually, you know, I, uh, I, I'm starting. I put like an extra like 50 feet on my drive in disc golf. Yeah, I figured yeah. it out. I started to figure it out. Only it took me like fifteen years. Many so, people don't really know about disc golf. Is that really a fun? It's a good game. It's the best, dude. It's hiking and it's playing best, a competitive sport. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm speaking my opinion. So, so, but I mean, well, I mean, basketball look, is my favorite sport. <laughs> no, but see, it's great. It's just good because you know I was about ready to quit and then you know what I'm saying and then I finally figured it out like last week I, it, that's that's how golf is you know you know how it is right. that's why it's the same thing as golf it's like you just get to the point where you're like I don't think I should be playing this game anymore I think I just suck at it and I shouldn't even play and then you figure something out and you're like oh wait actually you, you know what you I'm back. gonna keep coming every day <laughs> and then something else falls apart it's pretty good man. Golf is life. so work in disc golf that's it man alright man that's it. Well, actually I got some music coming too. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming off, man. I got a lot of stuff coming off. Hey, he must have made a bonus at his job. No, I am happy, man. No, I'm happy to see you guys sitting here, man. Yeah. Gonna do this show. I'm gonna rock out, baby. It's gonna be tight, man. We're gonna rock out. Well, D Boy, I wanna start with you still, you know, piggybacking off of your win shares. You got this show, you're releasing an EP coming up. Um, and we'll have a, a broader conversation surrounding hip hop because we weren't able to record last week and it was the 50th birthday of hip hop. So we'll definitely all acknowledge that. But what I do want to know from you is it's been a while since you've released a project. How long ago exactly? Um, It's been a year since I released a song in two a project, years. a project in, in three years since a project, three years, three years. So, so for one, in that in-between time, before we get into the particulars of the project, you know, the process of you working on this project, obviously, you know, what this project means to you from your lens as somebody, as the creator, ultimately, of this project, those three years, what was it that you went through that stopped you from releasing a project for that amount of time? And then also, what was it? that put sort of the battery in your back and let you know, all right, now it's time to release a project once again. Well, um, as we know, 2020 was a crazy year. It was the pandemic. March, um, everything kind of at a halt just stopped um, for what we thought was two weeks, and then it became a month, and then it was six months, and then I think we was in it for about two years approximately. So... Um, as we know, all the gathering stopped. Indoor shows was over, and it kind of spoke to the importance of how much the live show mattered to me as an artist. That was my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. I got to open and and set the tone for so many dope shows, uh, to name a few. Obviously, E-40 out here, Burner, Cool John, P-Lo, Rex Life Raj, Corday, 
Asher Roth, all SOB, all yeah. of these different people that we got to, you know, share energy with and share the stage with. And that the Moda Center at, uh, for the Blazer song, it's yeah. like, that was a big part of my career. So when the pandemic happened, um, I, I dabbled with putting out content, freestyles and verses and stuff, but I just felt like it wasn't the time for me as an artist to continue to just drop music without a live show um, being cohesive with that. So that was part of not dropping the music, but we never stopped rapping. We never stopped recording. We never stopped writing. So in the meantime, it was always like when it felt like the right time, we'll drop some music again. And the song that I did drop last year worked for me. Um, that that had a great response. It, it felt like I didn't miss a beat when I dropped that. But um, I just wanted people to kind of get familiar, know the words, and and feel a single type of song for me. And then I fell back again. I started a business, um, a branding company. We talked about that um, with with uh, on iHeartRadio with Chad. Yeah. And the transition with really just being fully dedicated and committed to the business where it didn't allow for me to create the content that it takes as an artist and and focus that it takes as an artist in studio time. So um, it was just a time for me to fall back and solidify my income stream and really making money and, and figuring something out that can ultimately provide for me and my family for a long time. And so it, it allowed music to become a bonus. And I feel like this is the right time to get back to that. Definitely, definitely. So now that, that you're back at this time, you feel like it's about that time to release again. Speak to maybe the growth or the difference, if you will, from this project to your last project that was released three years ago. Because obviously you mentioned the pandemic. Three years, a lot can happen in three years for, <laughs> for anybody on an individual level. So I love to often hear about like, what is it about this project that may give you a different excitement from when you last released a project three years ago? Really just the maturity and growth as a person, like, and in the mind space. I remember when music, like, it was such a, like, you wake up every morning, you check your email, you hoping, you checking your DMs, you hoping something miraculous just happened overnight because that's all you really had to bank on on some hitting it big type stuff. You yeah. loved it, but that's... You want, you know what I mean? As artists, you want to take it's it there. So yeah. yeah. And so um starting a business and and solidifying and figuring that out and being able to balance my time and energy to be able to do both at a high level. Um, that's what made me motivated to write the project. And so I think just what I went through from a entrepreneur space to a artist space to a more of a uh, just looking from like as a fan, I got to fall back from like caring about creating music so much and be a fan and really dive into what other people were doing. You yeah. know what I mean? From content to music to beat selections to all of this. So I think it just allowed me to really grow as an artist and find an even better pocket than I had before. Um, I feel like I was always known for like party and up tempo songs and. I was able to kind of give a real wholesome project with this. And it's just an EP, it's seven songs. Right. So I think it was just time. And I, it's proven itself because the freestyles that I recently dropped, the, the pictures and the reels that I'm dropping, like the interaction is there. People are really 
buying in and, and responding well to what I'm doing. So it's more of that validation, like you still in it, like yeah. keep going. What what made you go to EP route rather than like a longer form album route of ten plus songs? I know I know obviously we're in a time period today where EPs have become popular. Um, the two packs and the three packs have become more popular. But for you, what made you to decide that I want to go EP rather than releasing a full-length album? Um, short attention span, man, in the world right now. That's what they feeding us. Uh, reels, I think you can only be a minute and 30 seconds, uh, at least on mine. Um, all kind of stuff like that. It's like short content, TikTok, short reels. Like We have short attention spans in a fast life right now. So I think less is more. Um, being able to show the growth without giving too much to analyze and just really diving into what I'm saying and feeling how I'm saying it within the seven songs. And so, like I said, I think it's a good balance. It starts off um, more of tempo and what you're used to from me, obviously with growth within the actual artistry, but, and then it kind of comes to a median and then it mellows out on the last two records. So it's something for everybody, but it, that's what I feel about it, for real. Dope, dope, dope. So the Scenic Route EP, it'll be out September 1st? September 1st, the day Sept after the show. September 1st, day after the show, but make sure you purchase your tickets for the show. Again, it'll be a great one. I'm sure you're excited. As you mentioned, live performing being such a big part of what you do as an artist and sort of your identity as an artist. Um, how excited are you to be able to get back and headline your own show again? Bruh, uh, we was just talking about that in the Bay. I just did two shows in a night, and it was my first shows in three years. Yeah. And that was crazy because I thought my first show since then was going to be this one, and these two kind of came up out of the blue. But it was like, it's like riding a bike, bruh. You pick yeah. up the mic and... It's just if everything feels normal, you just right back to it. So it's like that's also that validation, and it's like that's this is naturally you like own it and go do it. So it's like I'm not really too. I'm I'm excited about it, but I'm just looking forward to it more than anything. Like he said, all of us being under the same roof, you DJing, yeah, I'm rapping, people and peers of mine, family of ours coming out, like just all of my partners and my people coming out under the same roof to see the new art, and some of the old. Definitely, definitely. Super dope. Again, excited about that show. Now let's pivot. Um, I, I, again, I said at the beginning, I want to have a broader hip-hop conversation here because we are celebrating the 50th birthday. We celebrated this month the 50th birthday of the genre known as none other than hip-hop, which obviously has played a, a huge influence on all three of us in here in the lab right now. But D-Boy, I'm going to start with you. And I'm not asking no trick questions here. I'm actually going to go directly from what is probably a top five all-time favorite movie of mine's, which is Brown Sugar, where the movie opens and the question is simply asked, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? Wow. Wow. You set that one up real good. <laughs> you put some thought into that setup. I actually huh? didn't. It just kind of happened right before we <laughs> started podcasting today. Man, but here we go. <laughs> I think I think I fell that what stands out to me um with falling in love with hip hop is going to the games, bruh. Dad slapping all kind of slaps all yeah. the way to games. We seven, eight years old and really got hype music. Pops get you know what I mean? Like you remember them car rides, bro, where Pops really taking you to your Pop Warner game or your Little League game or your All-Star game. And 
He damn near so excited. He playing the music louder than you would play it. You feel yeah, me? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a good taste in music. West did. Coast music West for Coast, sure. He was for playing sure. Pac, Snoop, E-40, all Dre, all yep. day. You feel me? And so you remember them moments and how much they really went hand in hand with the sport. Like I said, I remember the car rides sometimes more than I remember that game for real. Because yeah. It was vibes. So it was vibes. I think that, <laughs> for sure. that picture that it paints and like that feeling that it creates, I think that's what, when I really fell in love with music. Spencer, yeah. talk about it. <laughs> when did you fall in love with hip hop? Well, I mean, in my neighborhood growing up, a lot of everyone liked to hang out at my house for some reason. Okay. So like in the summertime, I mean, there'd be like 50, 60 neighborhood kids at my house playing basketball outside. And what my brother used to do is he used to take my dad's big pioneers and then take, you know, uh, speaker wire and string them all the way down the hall and then put one in my room yeah. and then one in the other. And then they would just be out the window facing the street where everybody uh, was outside. Yeah. And we'd be bumping like Snoop Dogg and Dre. Yeah, and then Coast. we had some Mexican homies, so we'd be playing like Lil Rob and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Just playing like <laughs> just music and basketball and yeah. just kids running amok like yeah. every day in the summer. See that childhood. And it was just like, that was just the soundtrack to my life. Like the Chronic 2001 totally just rocked my neighborhood mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like that was like a bomb went off it's all you heard so yeah, yeah. and so it's just you know hip-hop and like our generation it's like it just define it's it's the soundtrack to everybody's lives like yeah. step by step it's yeah. been hip-hop music yeah. for sure for sure um what if about I, you fella yeah if i pose the question to myself um it was actually an event that we went to d-boy when we were young kids um, and it was right in our backyard of Vallejo, California. Oh. It was at Dan Foley, Dan Foley Park. Park. 40 shit. It was E-40. He had his Charlie Hustle. I don't know if it was a release party, a release it, he event. He had a VHS. He was shooting a video for his VHS oh, like, tape. On one of those, for like, his VHS. Big, he had VHS, VHS tape. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and it, was, it was a huge community event. Like, the entire city of Vallejo came out. This is, I'm born in 93. This got to be, what, 98? 96, 97, 97 maybe. maybe. Yeah, like, like I, three, four, I was young. a young kid. I was a young kid, but I'll never forget it. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> young boy. Where, where I gotta give, where I gotta give Forty some credit because some people do challenge um, his fandom of the Golden State Warriors sometimes and say that Thunder. he was once a Kings fan, but. He had Thunder, the Warriors mascot come out. No, that's hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. On the little nine-foot courts at Dan Foley Park out there, Thunder doing trampoline dunks. And, that, and make, it's going that makes sense. 99, P. 99. 99. 99. Yeah, yeah. So the blueprint of a self-made millionaire. Yeah, dog. VHS. And he, Gar Gary Payton was there. We're Gary on Payton. VHS. We're, we're on that VHS, bro. <laughs> at the park? Yeah, at Dan Foley Park in Vallejo, California. Yeah. Woodson, huh? Yeah, Gary Charles Woodson was there. Gary Peyton was Damn. there. Like, it was a huge so event. You were right. Everybody was there. But to see something like that at, I'm five, six years, I'm six probably because yep. I'm born You're at the six. top of the year. Yep. So I'm six years old and I go to this event and to be able to see like a famous rapper be able to bring something home and bring all of these big names, you know, right to my backyard to a park that we, that we frequented, that we lived at that time. We lived down the street from Dan Foley Park, literally 
Florence Court. And it was popping. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were living in Lofus right at that yeah, time. It was close. It was close. Like, it was walking it was, distance. Yeah, it's just show. you got to walk a uh, hill, hill or two <laughs> or three. Down, <laughs> but, down one, up one, yeah, down it, one, up one, yeah, and then you're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but still, it was like, I just remember that moment as like my first moment within hip hop, aside from, as you mentioned, the car rides with pops and the music and the songs that, that, you know, I grew to know and, and love ultimately. And now 30 years, 25 years later, actually understand, um, that event itself was one that was like, like, this is dope. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like to be able to like see everybody from my city ascend upon this local park here. You got Thunder the mascot, Gary Payton, Charles Woodson. You know <laughs> what I mean? You got you shooting this big video. We all in the as Forty would call it the Viz Nidio. Mm -hmm. And and I just I vividly remember that day, man. I remember that time. Um, and then you know you start to think to in our community. That was before things got, I mean, everybody fought back then, but like that was before like violence was a, was a real threat more so than, you know, a fight facts and actual facts. weapons being used. So it's like you have folks from all parts of town, but the biggest threat of anything happening out there was going to be a fight. Right. Which you could live with, you know what I'm saying? But knowing that that probably wouldn't be able to happen today at that park in my city is is sad to to kind of think about right, and right. reflect upon. But to be able to remember that time where the city was able to come together in that way, I think that was the moment that I like really fell in love with hip hop. And I think we grew up at a lucky time where the artists that we came up on was really dope. Like... Even if you see them as men now, these young young men at the time that's yeah. older now, we grew up on them. But it's like you you can appreciate what hip hop was like. We came up on some good records, you know what I mean? And I don't know if I think these days gonna get to experience the feeling of the music the way we did. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it like like he said, it's certain. Albums that's like near and dear to you these days. It's like yeah. somebody might rock with a single or like a video, but like we talking about four albums, albums. that you couldn't stop. <clears throat> yeah, like, you would like go to sleep. You too. know what I mean? Like you really reading <laughs> yeah, a booklet and like the like yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and I really yeah, think yeah. And, and I really think even more so. Like we're talking about West Coast hip hop, which obviously we're talking about fifty years of hip hop. It started. In the East Coast. Right. It started in New York. So this is still in the early enough days of our entire region being introduced to this entire genre. Obviously, you had two short and what, maybe the mid to late 80s. But as far as like full on hip hop movements being made within our region, like it's that new. was that time period. It, it was new. Like it's 89. 89. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah, speaking really, about an event yeah. in 99. That's only yeah. a 10-year window. That's a very the, small we're window. We're still living the same lives as the, some of the first in this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it ain't like when you talk about like baseball and shit, Babe Ruth, and yeah. they long gone. Yeah. But we still living with the people who started. This. Absolutely. So that show you especially, how Especially, like it I said, especially in our region because it, it it came later to us, you know what I'm saying? Full on at least, but it's like hip hop was an East Coast genre, so they can speak to the late 70s and you know what I'm saying, the early 80s and what hip hop was back then in its origin. But as far as us being able to start having movements and seeing the independence in hip hop, and then ultimately seeing the 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 level that the West Coast 
took hip hop too, because obviously on the East Coast it was more of a of a social stance. It was more of a social movement, at least the origins of hip hop and and the way that they went about the art. But then in, when it came to the West Coast, it became a lot more like graphic. It became more of a vibe because our lifestyles was more of a vibe. California living, California sunshine. You know what I mean? Like, like just everything about our lifestyle on the West Coast was just more vibey. And then the artists were obviously willing to get a lot more graphic and speak about what was actually going on in the neighborhoods in, in, in darker ways rather than what was going on in the neighborhoods because of reasons that aren't our own. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that era of hip hop to me is like to be able to be there for the origin of anything usually is going to hold more sentimental value than when a genre, a sport, whatever the case may be, actually evolves. And I'll talk about that a little bit with another subject <laughs> that we have uh, here today that's a sports subject. But I think it goes hand in hand with, with hip hop as well. Well, I mean, like you were saying, D-Boy, like we still you know sort of rub elbows with the pioneers of the sport or of the of right. music right. today it's like that's what's so great about hip hop is that it's still young it, it 50s young and it connects and it just it's a it's a it's an art form that pays homage to what came before it mm-hmm. and it even right down to the sampling it connects yeah. you to the music in like a visceral way it connects you to the past of the music you know what right. i'm saying right. and and in hip hop like you don't build Wet whole movements and, and create whole sounds if you're not like grabbing up the next right. generation and trying to connect with them in that way. And hip hop does that better than any. I think hip hop is arguably the most people connecting thing to exist in the world right now. And that's that's a big comment. But yeah. if, I think even more than sports, like sports still be predominantly a certain way at certain times. But hip hop, you're going to see. People come to like obviously it comes with its violence and shit too, but I'm talking yeah, it's about dark sides of it from a sure. consuming standpoint and just from a work like the love and the appreciation and the real person to person connection. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how they move people is different. Like you know, like even if you talk about like the Nipsey Hustle situation, it's like people felt like they really lost an uncle or a cousin with that situation because yeah. you come become so attached to these artists and the game they give or the vibe or feel they give and what they stand for that it's like these people become like genuinely a part of you yeah where like sports you might like a team and love a team but you don't really get that attached to one particular person and if you do it's usually one like you love kobe you love kobe yeah you love you know what i mean but it's like all of these different artists for all of these different reasons i think it's the biggest like bridge building thing like in the world for real. Well, it's less rules in hip hop. And and I think that's what allows for that as well. As you mentioned with sports, it's a lot more structured. Yeah, it, it crosses, you know, cultures in, in a real way, in a lot of ways. But but as far as hip hop is concerned, like there is no set of rules or boundaries within hip hop so it allows for it to diversify and grow in ways that maybe sports wouldn't allow you to based on the structure and the system of it hip hop speaks so many voices at the same time yeah that's what I mean and like I mean that's at sports it's like it's your own individual sort of expression I mean there's a team but yeah hip hop you're speaking 
for yeah. a lot, for when you, when you for, think ge- of, for generations, you know, you're speaking for when you think about it. Like, does the violence that comes with hip hop overshadow, or like when you think about how powerful hip hop really is, it start to make me think like maybe the genre doesn't get the credit that it deserves. And do you think it's because of the the flip side of it, like you said, overshadowing and that being more of what we hear about than these kind of stories and feelings that we're talking about when it's not the 50th anniversary? You know what I mean? I mean, I, dude, I think that... <laughs> Dude, I hate starting. I hate when I when I have a thought in my head and I'm like, dude, I might be getting older. <laughs> like, I think I'm getting because like, because you know, there it is violent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like I said, you're speaking a lot of different voices. And yeah, like, and some of those voices are pissed off. Yeah, and that's how it expresses. It's itself, no boundaries. It's, like, it's no rules. Like I mentioned, so it I'm allows like, you to. I, I'm torn to be like, well, do you do you tell hip hop to tone it down, or do you allow them to work through that? You know, do you allow hip hop to work through whatever it works through, even though it's going to continue to like make it look worse? I mean, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, just in any sort of state. Yeah, and you like, can't limit the art form, but do you think for that reason? Do you think it overshadows the benefit of hip hop and what it means? I, I, I would say like that's where I, th- I, th- I think no. I think no. I think that it's still. I think that it still does more good than it does harm for sure. The 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 contents of the violence within hip hop, you think it does more good than oh, harm? Oh, the contents the of the violence. I thought you were right. talking about overall. Yeah, I'm not I mean, I can't. I can't justify it. No, I'm I can't justify. Like, yeah, you really think the violence overshadows the power of the good? That oh no, 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 I, I don't. I don't. No, I don't, I don't think that. Okay. I, I mean, I think that. I think that there are a lot of people and there are a lot of machines that are going to try to 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 spin that in mm-hmm. the media that way for sure for that. whatever you know m- identity identity crisis have, is what i was you know saying, what I'm saying? Okay. media okay. has an identity crisis <laughs> but but i think I, I, I need you to spit more on but that I, for sure but i think also with with that being said again that's part of the fight of hip hop as well mm-hmm. from its origins mm-hmm. is the social dynamic and us being able to speak to who we are what we are our lifestyle mm-hmm. in a way that for a lot of reasons, we were led here for reasons that weren't of our own fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you consider the fact that hip-hop is is a rebellious art form. Facts. It's always going to take on certain stigmas from other people because the art form itself is rebellious. But at the same time, I think there's far more power and the connectivity that we all have gotten to speak of here already than it is in some of those stigmas that are, are currently with hip-hop and will probably continue to stay with hip-hop as long as the genre continues to stay rebellious. So so that's where my stance I is agree. on it. Totally. Is, I, is, I mean, I think that I agree, and I think that it's... And I'll, and I'll go further to say that, like, you have to embrace more of that, even in the face of its uncomfortability, because if you're going to have hip-hop continue to be what it is, is a pure art form, something out of nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. inventing... It was a, kind of birthed inventing, along the lines. Yeah, something out of nothing. <laughs> they, they're inventing an instrument, like a, with the record player. Like we're sitting here with the... You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, with a DJ, with a like, contro- yeah, DJ so controller. I, so it's like, like if you're going to... If you're going <laughs> to... If you're going to appreciate like just the absolute, like, you know how pure that is yeah. then you have to embrace the ugly and the good of Fact. it yeah i agree so, yeah. well said
That was I, a good I agree. Question, with, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, 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 I do want to ask <laughs> who in hip hop would you say if you did have to make this singular? Who in hip hop would you say has had the most influence on who you've ultimately became Split, as a person? Start this one. <laughs> Andre three thousand, without doubt. What? Mm. That was too fast. Well, Andre I know 3, you're big. You're big outcast. Andre guy. 3000, I'm aware man. of that. Andre three thousand. He's go, the best. He's, he's the best rapper. I mean, it's to my in my opinion, his his verses to me are just the coolest. I think that I, I'm I'm a big overalls guy, and he was like a pioneer of wearing overalls, making that shit look cool. Like, yeah. dude, it's, it's Andre three thousand. He's the only rapper these days that like. People are like, oh, 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 Andre's gonna be on this track. It's gonna be like, you know, they have this idea of like, oh, it's gonna be mystical. It's, it's just another dude spitting. But you know, to have that ability to make people go, oh man, like, he's, I wonder what he's gonna say. You know, yeah. I just think that that's so good, and I think that that's him being like a true master MC to I like agree. to yeah. be able to <laughs> like <a> one. <laughs> to, to transcend beyond beyond what even an MC is today like he's beyond that you know so i think that that's cool i think he's reached the mountaintop and he's on my mount rushmore of four greatest rappers of all time and so he's my guy mine might be a surprising answer but it's one of the few people that i follow from being genuinely underground and then making it in a major way not from the bay area I'm going to have to say Wiz Khalifa. Mm. And it's because that's the first artist that I connected with as a youthful artist. I started doing music when I was 17. Us and Wiz Khalifa is in the same age yeah. bracket. And so to be able to see him like early on on sites like Dat Piff and doing low number, you know, and then it's like seeing his mixtape circuit blow up. Yeah. And then seeing him be like the first person to do day-to-days where you damn near living with the Taylor gang type shit. Yeah, like, yeah. He was showing was- day-to-day life, his friends that he was really with from Pittsburgh, like same group still to this day. So it's like from an artist connectivity standpoint, I would say he had the most influence because you just seen the guy do it right, like from 16 years old to yeah. now. and. He's a rock star. He's a, yeah. I I do I do That's think I do think answer. that <laughs> Wiz Khalifa's he, influence star. in hip hop is it's slept on grossly it's, underrated. It's, yeah, yeah. It's grossly underrated. I mean, he did all like I said because I can fit. think of a whole era in my life where it Wiz directly had the most impact and, and influence. I mean. And we're talking in that about era from of my life. Visual content. We're talking about from. Outfit wise, everybody was doing the camo shorts and the chucks and rolling fucking doobies. This yeah, was, this was a yeah. whole. He did it. His influence was AI like. Then almost we talk about in, the weed. They hip-hop. said he couldn't do it because Snoop did That's it. That's what I said. It was almost AI like in, you know in some I mean? ways. And so it's like That's a great comparison there too. Yeah, when you really look at all of the full circle of what he did, it, it's like inevitable that he's where he is now, and it's like crazy to see. Like the real growth, and he been himself this whole time. Yeah, and he rarely been on the side of some dumb stuff. You feel me? For lack of a better term, like he's been on the right side of the fence a lot yeah. for a career this long, for sure, for sure. <laughs> like on keeping it player type shit. Right, right, right. I mean, especially as far as like independent artist type guys, like grassroots type guys. Bruh, that's what, that I'm telling you. Where's the big dog? He's mm-hmm. a big dog. He's a big dog. Um. 
I, I would, I mean, I, I want to say Mac Dre just because it's more the local connection and just me being able to understand who he was and his movement. But obviously, I think with his time getting cut short, um, I would have to say from like the start of his career, even until now, present day, it's got to be Snoop Dogg for me. Um, Snoop, again, obviously growing up in the West Coast, um, Snoop's sound was was the epitome of the West Coast. But also just, you know, I'm somebody that does a lot of different things. I wear a lot of different hats. And I think the way that Snoop was able to leverage his influence as a hip-hop artist to be able to do so many other things and make a name for himself in so many other spaces, along with the fact that I just loved his music as well. And I, again, I love that funky West Coast sound <laughs> that that Snoop Dogg epitomizes ultimately. I think for me, Snoop, I would have to say, has had the most influence on who I am as a person. Um, his 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 model, his formula is one that in some ways I emulate, but definitely in a lot of ways I take from and try to learn from and be able to kind of remix it into a way that works and fits for me as an individual and who I am. But Snoop Dogg, I, I would have to say, is, is that dude for me. And, and I would say furthermore to contribute to that, I think Snoop Dogg contributes almost more than anybody to that piece of hip hop that I was talking about, that connector. Yeah. Like if you think about where yeah. Snoop was and what he came in as and what he yeah. does now, Corona. <laughs> fighting the murder case. Martha Stewart. He yeah. came in as fighting the murder case. Know, the like, case gay, he's man. like on Martha Stewart and and Corona doing commentating boxing stuff. matches on it's on like, the top Doing like, doing like Ikea commercials. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm on. saying. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's nobody else that we've seen in our lifetime within hip hop, yeah. be able to be that. You usually commercialize don't get it. That. Like, yeah. commercialize hip hop in like you know, I mean, a brand new yeah. way every five and years. And like you say, you was a, a weed head and was fighting a murder case. Yeah. And you, this is how full circle, like, cooking with Martha Stewart. You feel Yeah, me? that's crazy. <laughs> and so he's like, he fits into what I was talking about probably more than anybody that I could think but of. But I mean, that's, but th that's, Snoop Dogg definitely is the perfect example because like I was saying <laughs> earlier, if you want to, if, if you have to embrace both sides to get the true, the best parts of hip hop. Yeah. And Snoop and Dogg is that. He's that. <laughs> he's that. That's yeah. a full circle. See, there it is. So, he's that, he's indeed. That, yeah, it is he's really. that, I mean, indeed. Snoop, yeah, Snoop Dogg, man, he might, I mean, I, and I knew you were going to say that, and yeah. I was ready to be like, yeah, and that's well, how, I, and that's my life right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I truly, about it. I truly believe that. that. That's my life to this day, man. I could spend just as much time with famous people and entertainers as I can spend with people that are unhoused and on the streets and, you know, labeled as whatever it is people may label them as but like I've always kind of been a dude that can connect with everybody and and enjoy like I enjoy that being a part of my identity is connecting with people of all different backgrounds and as you mentioned I think Snoop Dogg is the absolute epitome of that and so it and even one more thing because we Snoop Dogg we giving you your flowers today let's you do it me? but it's like I feel like People from the outside looking in who don't really know, you feel gangsters. People from the streets. It's yeah, like, them dudes got the biggest hearts, bro. For yeah, real, absolutely. I don't know too many gangsters that's really just cut though in the sense of like don't got it there. You feel yeah. me? And so yeah. again, I feel like that Snoop Dogg where he grew up in it. 
He, on but some you G shit, you, but you could just tell Snoop is a cool ass person. Yeah, like, yeah, his heart you know is. You know what I mean? He'll go huge, bad as hell massive. on you and probably make you feel little as shit if you're on the wrong side of it. But yeah, if you cool with Snoop, you could you know what it is. You feel me? And so I feel like that be a lot of that just genuine feeling. You grew up on people like that, where you like, bro, might have had a past, bro, might have did, but. That motherfucker care, though. He you care, know what I mean? yeah, for sure. We know a lot of those. A lot of those, bro. A lot of those. But I'm talking about, well, go. God yeah, God. we'll go. <laughs> but we'll put part, you under. You but, me, but, but, yeah, but so, we'll be the first to take their shirt off their back for he, you he as just well. didn't take it that far, guys. Yeah. But, you know yeah. what I mean? You well, know that he was. <laughs> yeah, you know that he, maybe he did. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, it's so, all allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so, you feel me? Full circle moment. Allegedly, for sure, for sure. Mad love for Snoop. Well, that was a good conversation on yeah, on, on Hip Hop 50, and it, it even got me thinking back to last night, man. I was DJing the last couple weeks, and I want to shout out Tube, because I've been doing, they've, they've almost been like pop-up sets at, at Tube, which is like a nightclub here in the city of Portland, but on Tuesday, it's like industry night and for like years there's been a long-standing tradition that tube is the place to go on tuesday night so they call it tubes day and i've gotten a dj there the last couple of weeks man and i've i've been able to work that hip-hop muscle in that venue in a way that has just been i've been i feel like i've been able to use that place as a dj to celebrate the 50th birthday of hip-hop you know when it comes to recent gigs that i've had this month and even last night man being able to go back to back with uh, with another dj shout out to connect zero we've done it the last couple of weeks together like it's felt like the purest form uh, the the purest form the purest form of art when it comes to hip-hop and it almost i feel like i'm growing in a different way, you know, being in a live club scene, you know, I'm used to doing the lounges and the patios and the rooftops in the backyard, but nah, man, we in this small tube, it's hot as all out, and everybody's in here sweating, and we are rocking out, vibing, like banging, Sean Paul video, you know what I'm here, saying, dude. and I, and we back to back, and he's playing a hip-hop track, and then I'll come in with a hip-hop track, and able to just go from, you know, records from 30 years ago to records from th three weeks ago, and just just bang out man it's, it's been a cool way to be able to celebrate it within the work that I do as well because I've tight. been thinking about that a lot right. music is tight let's let's pivot though um, before we get out of here the, the topic of the week in sports go go ahead oh I was just gonna ask are we doing sports I forgot yeah. we're also a sports podcast yeah we're doing sports second. but but it's hip hop 50 <laughs> baby and we got deep one here yeah. you know and get it, a quick interview real. that was good and early you know if we go where we wanna go not where you know people <laughs> want us to go um, <laughs> thank you with that said um Steph versus Magic, man. Let's just get straight to it. What? Steph Curry came out on a pod on Gilbert man. Arenas podcast and said that I believe I'm the greatest point guard of all time. So of he, course you know that. what that was gonna stir up. And I don't blame him for saying that. But now the debate this week has been who's the greatest and Steph acknowledged in that clip that I saw. I didn't see the full length interview, but certainly saw the clip. Steph acknowledged in that clip, like the only two people in that conversation is me and Magic Johnson. So uh, Isaiah Thomas would like a word. I but. agree, but but that's what Steph said. You know what I'm saying? So Steph ain't the best point guard. Is it Magic then? If it ain't Steph, it gotta be Magic. Magic. It's not Steph. It, it, it's, Why? Why? I mean, yeah. What's the criteria? 
I just think he's the best shooter. He's not the best complete player. I think these other guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I, go if, ahead. No, Let's say no. You go. Or no, if you're I, not I, done, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You done after that grunt and grimace? <laughs> well, dude, no, no, dude. Because I've been struggling with it. Because on paper, Magic is a much better basketball player career-wise. He has more championships, more All-NBA selections. And Steph's more, obviously still playing. I mean, even averaging, sure. I mean, because you because you talk about complete player, and you're very right. Magic has more steals, more rebounds. It's like career-wise, so it's like, yeah, he is a more complete player. But <laughs> it's Steph Curry, man. Like, if I'm standing on the blacktop right now, and I need a point guard for my team, and I see Magic Johnson, and I see Steph Curry standing there without thinking about it, I'm, I'm going, hey, hey, hey. You yeah, but I'm, I'm head, head to Steph. My dad said the same thing <laughs> when he was our Steph. age. When he head seen Magic do this. Head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do one of those yoki doke straight to stand. I want that man right there. But again, like but, I said, our you know yeah. our family members, uncles and pops, they probably felt the same way. Bro. And I want to acknowledge that because I think it, 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 we all we obviously talk about how hard it is to compare errors, and I think one of the biggest problems with comparing errors. In particular, and this is going back to what I was talking about just a minute ago in hip-hop, is the game is still evolving. So the fact that the game is still evolving, we still look at the origins of the game as the framework, if that makes sense. So when it comes to the framework of what a traditional point guard would be, yes, Magic Johnson fits that criteria Far more than Steph Curry does. By a long shot, he does because he was a part of creating sort of that framework of what that position is, what that position looks like, being that he played 30 years prior to Steph Curry. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like... Mark that Mark that point. But now, <laughs> now we're at a point to where we all can say the game has become what we would say, what we would deem to be more positionless. That's going to kill this new era in any of those debates, being that the game is more positionless because we're still using an old framework that— I don't know if people would agree with that. I don't think I don't. people would— I, I get don't what think, you're saying. I think I it makes think it harder for a, a player in this era to, to win a debate— in a I, lot of yeah. ways, I think when it that, comes to the framework of the origins of the game and still using that well as that, the framework for the evolution of the game. When ultimately. you say when you say that it's hard to compare eras, it sounds like you're trying to dance around saying that well, you can't compare the two because these no. guys are clearly better today, and they are clearly better today. Like Magic Johnson claims that I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to hate the, all the man's work ethic, but it's like he also at the same time claimed that he had sex with over ten thousand women. I know Steph has been in the gym every single day working advanced drills. I'm that. just saying, like skill wise, knowledge skill. of the game, depth of understanding, more information to build off of, better nutrition. Better Better diet, access to better equipment. Like there is not a doubt. Everyone always spends so much effort trying to like not say that everybody but, that plays basketball today again, would average forty in the seventies and eighties. And again, it's like it, it is hard it's to true. compare because it's true. You, if you try to picture Steph Curry and Magic Johnson playing one on one, you won't Steph because the only picture you have is the new him. age Magic Johnson. No, you don't, <laughs> you don't no, know have what he was back then. I have Johnson listen. I have grainy. I have hours. You know, tens and, uh, and tens and tens of hours. Of it, that's true. But I just don't. I just can't. 
you know, I, I just I mean, I spe- but okay, especially with the Stefan Magic argument. Like, yeah. if you want to, because you you said if they played one on one. That's an interesting point because a lot of people are talking about maybe for, for like they do the one-on-one tournaments like they did back in the day. And I think that it's something that they should do to have a little bit more concrete evidence for the future to be like, who was the greatest of these eras? Like in their prime, these guys should be playing one-on-one so we can settle the score because I mean, with magic, it's like, yeah, yeah look, at all at the, that. look at all the accolades that he's achieved. It's like, he also played with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> like we, with that, that fan, yeah. we fancifully just yeah. glossed over that big game James Worthy like the, the list of his his, his team was better outside of when the Warriors had KD and, and his so teams like, were better and it's like more all complete than Steph's team I, that Steph has won championships definitely with. definitely 100% you know what I'm saying and that's, but again I think it speaks volumes more to how great of a shooter like how much better of a shooter he is than the best like it's not even a, they used to say Ray Allen He's forgotten about as the best shooter, but that's but that's the point. But that's the point that I'm getting at because when you still look at it from a standpoint of the evolution of the game, now every point guard can shoot. So it's like back then, Magic then not like I I get that. Obviously, we're talking about them, but what I'm saying is, is when it comes to I'm speaking from somebody that understands how valuable spacing is when you're playing the game of basketball. Period, and the fact that everybody can stretch the floor and shoot, it makes it to where there's so much more space to operate on the floor that everybody has a much easier time and can much more efficiently go out and score the basketball. Magic didn't particularly play in that era. Everything was inside out. Everything was, you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't have that skill set. So it's Wait, like that's why still- he's a more complete player. That's goes that that, I no, don't no, know no, because 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 the, the the third stage of scoring out at the three point line they didn't I, I would argue Again. that the space of of the eighties style of basketball that inside out basketball that's still technically space it's vacuous space pulling into the interior and Man, then kicking out but but, but 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 hey but guys Man, listen, aren't I played guys post. Are shooters like they are today I played well, post that's so, what he's saying no, I, I played post saying. I'm and so with that and point. so. I played post. I played with point. I always say one of my favorite point guards I ever played with was a guy was a guy named Nate Johnson. And a lot of the reasons is because he's he did a lot of similar to what Magic did. He could he could make passes that nope. And you know what I mean? Like that's a talent. That is a skill set in itself, one hundred percent. And so as somebody who's the recipient of this amazing talent that this point guard has, he was super fun to play with. But I also played with a team that didn't have no shooters, where our two best shooters on the team got hurt. And I watched, I, I literally would have a player behind my, I, my senior year, I was I was upwards of 50, 55% from the field that year. I feel like if I had some shooters around me, I would have been upwards of 60. Because I yeah, always definitely. had a player on my back and a player in and my lap left. because they could sag off of my shooters yeah. out there because they were going to clank, 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 clickety, clickety, clank. And mm-hmm. so the game became so much harder, and I had mm-hmm. to work so much harder, right. and it made it so much harder to ultimately win being that – 
even though I'm still going to work because I'm good enough, man, if I didn't have this dude in my lap right now and having to even work to go get the ball prior to me actually doing work once I have the ball, oh my gosh, this would be but that it would be a piece to, of cake. That goes back it's to a gravity concept. thing. But but right. no, but I, I, but when I, I, you I have a player, it. but as you mentioned, when you have a player like Steph Curry who's just that damn special, sometimes that supersedes the complete package of somebody I, like I, a Magic Johnson also, but, but, but who Steph, could do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like because know, Steph also the gravity he is something like five assists per game for his career, which is nothing about, to, to slouch but, at. No, but you got to think about how much faster the game is and how many more points is being scored, Brad, today than in these. Definitely. And, 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 still, and, and, and they're compla- still Comparing on, Steph to Magic, there's not even a comparison. Steph's the better scorer. So that category, for sure. we're going to step. But it's for like. sure. And, and, but and we're I, talking I, about complete. The stuff, the other things. That's what I'm saying. It's the gravity. Wins in the scoring, but he does all the other things right. I'm gonna say he's better. That don't mean I'm gonna take him on my team. But, but I, that's what makes it, and that's where know, it, then what is better but, me. You know what I'm saying? That's it, what I'm it's saying. better than more complete Steph's player, or it's better than you might. It becomes, better, it, becomes like, it becomes a it becomes, it becomes an impact conversation more so than it becomes a skill set conversation. And in well, that regard, the case it's, it's Steph, Steph Curry. Curry, and that's why yeah. I say yeah. Steph Curry is the greater. Now I will, guard, I will personally. say, but I will say this: like again, no, impact, not to like, magic. Impact back to era, the era, the, it magic's impact of That's in the I'm game saying, bro. immediately from literally the first game he yes, ever played. Absolutely, Come on. it was. Come humongous, like a, a like a seismic did, earthquake it, went off. So that's we where Magic <laughs> made the Showtime Lakers. Absolutely, the most, Magic. He's Magic. But now think about he's the. Magic. But now think about the the advantages. Magic, now think about the advent, and we can take so it on I a familiar level, or we can take it on more of a, a general game like level. Now think of the advantages that Steph Curry has that he's able to operate off of what Magic built, and then tack on some. That is why, as you mentioned, the game is, I think, at its best right now today. I mean, I because don't know. That's, you that's... have everybody. Everybody in the league has guard skills now. You know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, it's like the entire. That, but, but Magic was also like six nine for sure. Did, you know, for sure. Saying, but now everybody. But now. But now thing. everybody's six nine and, and, yeah, and play that have, position. They don't have. If they're not like Magic, of course. Sure. I'm not saying but they're I Magic, but when you have that amount of people that can do similar things, it waters down Magic being the only person in the league that could do some shit like this. But you're saying that Steph is like building off of what Magic. Absolutely. I would. I would say it's Steph. Kind of has to go do his own thing because he's he sort is. of an undersized guy. He had to become so good at shooting. Underrated, that, undersized. That, that everything else And that's why I said away. that supersedes and the complete package for me. And because he's listed as a point guard still, and that's the and that's still the framework that we're using, yeah. I got to more so speak to who I think is is just better and who I have a better likelihood of winning with. And I and as skilled as guys can be, as I said, I've I played with some of the most skilled guys. I've also played with some phenomenal knockdown shooters, but I, I think spacing is much more valuable than individual talent when it comes to helping a team win because it's still a team sport. I, I, I think Magic could, with the value put on the three-point shot today, the way that he came into the league and just his immediate impact – if he had a chance to do it over again in this era, I think that he would be 
He'd basically be LeBron. I ain't get to see it. That goes back to errors. It's too hard to compare. Give me magic. Y'all take steps. I'm taking steps. I'm, 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 I'm taking yeah. steps. I'm taking steps. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.